Hey, hey, Faith Mamas. I am so excited to be here with you today as we jump into another episode of the Faith Mamas podcast. And today we are absolutely in for a treat as we are joined by a good friend of mine, Deanna Mason. And we're talking about uh, the forgotten spiritual discipline of rest. And in my mind, Deanna is definitely the rest guru. So we are in for an absolute treat. So stay tuned as we jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Faith Mama's Tribe podcast, where we connect with Christ and community through real conversation. And guess what? No topic is off the table. I'm Dominique. And I'm Janice, and we're just two real moms who are excited to be with you on this journey. So grab your coffee or your tea and let's chat, sis, and see where God leads us. And welcome to the tribe. Hey, Deanna. Hey, I was just vibing. I was like, man, this is cool. Why am I not doing this? I just streamlined like my whole podcast recording, just watching this whole, I'm like, she introed and then she had the the episode intro and then she had the podcast intro and then she hopped right. I said, what am I doing? Come on. This is so that I don't have to edit. This is so that I don't have to edit. You just schooled me, girl. I was like, (laughs) This is so that I don't have to edit. I love that you have your coffee. I also have my coffee. Your two-day-old coffee? My two-day-old coffee. Now, don't laugh at me. It's a mom life thing, I right? I love it, though. <laughs> I started drinking this coffee like 48 hours ago. And some of y'all know my kitchen is not up and running <laughs> right now. So I have this coffee and I put it in the microwave because <laughs> that's all I have right now. So, you know, you use what you got. You use what you got. I see some of my friends here live. I'm so excited to see you guys. Hey, hey, in the comments. You're up early with us, so I hope you have your coffee and your tea um, or your 48-hour-old coffee. It's a, no judgment. No no judgment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys are up so early because if we are East. I'm East Coast. Mm-hmm. Are you East Coast, Tommy? Yes. Yes. Okay. So we're the, we're the latest. So if they're not in East Coast. Yeah. There guys- are some people that join during uh, Mornings with Jesus because we have it at 7 a.m. now, and they're on Pacific time. Like 4 a.m. I'm just like, praise the Lord. I know you're here for Jesus because you're not here that early for me. You're not here that early for me. Nobody. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) All right. So today, Deanna, we are going to be talking about rest. And um, I halfway wish that I was just in the comments because literally, I think I just need to learn and glean and listen and hear But um, we've been talking about this concept of spiritual disciplines um, and just the practices that Jesus did. And one of the ones I think is so forgotten is rest. Yeah. We don't think of that as a spiritual discipline. Half the time, we don't even think of that as a necessity. We think of it as like a luxury we get to do after we work. Or after our kids get a certain age. Right. So this is going to, I think it's going to blow my mind. I know that um, my friends that I see in the comments, the ones that are going to be watching um, and listening afterwards are going to be truly blessed by this. But my first question I want to ask you, I just want to jump right in. I mean, we're here, it's 7 a.m. We might as well just get get into it. (laughs) So I just want to jump right in and ask you, um, what caused you to want to even get into this work of helping others to rest? Yeah. Well, you know my story. I know you've heard me tell my story in many formats, but the the gist of it is I felt like God has called me as a woman and as a mom into leadership. That's like, I can't shake that no matter the season, no matter how old my kids were this call into leading in whatever shape and capacity and definitely ministry leadership, whatever shape and capacity it took, that was not something I could ever shake. It was never something that I felt like God like asked me to put down. But with that call of leadership, 
I felt that that meant I had to do everything at the same level, which meant my parenting and being present for my kids, being present for my home, being present for my husband, um, being present for my businesses, being present for my ministry work. It was like, I I just had to carry it all. Mm. And within that, this light is bugging a mess out of me. I'm I'm going to turn it off. Let me turn it back on. And golly, I wish it, it just seems like too bright. But um, in the midst of, me trying to carry it all, I burned out. Mm -hmm. And so I went from trying to carry it all to letting it all go or as much of it go as possible, which I put down some work that quite frankly was really powerful and amazing work. Um, We were, we were doing so much in the lives of moms and the the lives of teen girls. We had um, my nonprofit organization um, years ago. This was, um, quite a few years ago, had a focus on working with moms and teen girls. And it was growing and it was um, expanding and people's lives were being impacted. But because I could not continue on, it all stopped right now. I don't feel guilt about that today. (laughs) Let's be honest, because, yeah, I felt guilty about it for a long time. And it's still um, I remember. we have a mutual friend, Jill Savage. Oh, well, maybe this is me and Kelly that has a mutual friend, but I'm, I'm sure I know you know Jill Savage. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need to connect you guys because you need to get on her podcast. But yeah. um, she asked me, "Do I feel like a failure?" You know, does when, when I think about that, and I was like, "Yeah, I do." I mean, to this day, when I think about it, I feel I go in and out of feelings of I failed, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't do it. And I disappointed God, you know, and all these things that are probably lies that I'm telling myself. But the reason why I put it down was because I was burned out. I was tired. I had done um, way more than what was asked of me, way more than was required of me in that season to the point that I physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually, that's the number one place, um, was was utterly burned out. And Mm -hmm. I closed the doors completely and put it down for about three years, put down any significant ministry work, any entrepreneurship desires. I just put it down and I focused on myself and I focused on my kids and focused on being present at home. And when I put it down, I had no intentions of going back. I was done. And three years into that, after three years of literally prioritizing my walk with God, three years of prioritizing my rest, three years of prioritizing the needs of my family. I feel like God is asking me to step back into leadership in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified. I was like, God, I, I don't, I don't think I know how to do it. I don't think, I think my natural personality is like go all in type of personality. And I don't know how to not be that super high productivity, high functioning person without taking myself to the place of burnout again. And I, you know, I just couldn't deny that I thought he was pulling me back into it. And so I I prayed to him. I said, well, if this is you, then I'm asking you to guide me so that I don't find myself back into that place of utter burnout. And I want you to help me help other moms do it because Mm -hmm. you're obviously a caller of women who have young children. That's obviously something you do, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the only one. And if you are a caller of women into your work, then you got to um, equip us to hold this. And that's where my work started with other mom leaders, mom entrepreneurs, mom homeschoolers. That's where my work started with Refresh Moms. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, there's so many parts of your story that I completely resonate with. <laughs> I've heard it before and I'm always like, yes, Deanna. Yes, me too. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things that I realize is that sometimes busyness 
can be seen as a badge of honor yeah. in our communities. And so like people will often ask me, Dominique, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I really wish somebody would say, Dominique, stop doing it all. <laughs> like it seems as though everybody is so interested in how um, people do it all, but not as much interested in like the rest practices that go into doing this healthily. Yeah. And one of the things that we see with Jesus, like I couldn't imagine a burnt out Jesus. Like I couldn't imagine, like when I get the picture of him and when I walk through the gospels, I don't see a burnt out Jesus. I see a Jesus that had clear boundaries. I see a Jesus that knew his mission and didn't try to take on everything. Um, I see a Jesus who didn't even try to go into all the nations of the world. He focused on one place, you know, and and one thing at a time, and he knew when to rest. I see a Jesus who constantly had to call his disciples into a place of rest. He's like, look, guys, we just did all this work. We need to go eat something. We need to go get some rest. And, you know, I believe that the Gospels would would completely sing a different tune if we see this frantic Jesus, which we don't see. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is that how do we get how do you think we got to this place of working for Jesus means going so hard that we don't see our family going so hard that we're burning out, that we're falling all over. Cause this is not like what you just described is like most of my friends in ministry. Yeah. And a lot of us have young kids and we're just like, I don't know how to do it. God, I'm so tired. And I'm like, but this isn't how Jesus did it. So how did we get here? Is my question. How do you think we got here? Yeah. Well, I think we got here because our culture has trained us to be this. You know, I I cannot speak for other cultures, but American Western culture, we're rewarded socially and many times financially when we are um, overproductive. We are judged when we pull back. That's just, and then moms, um, I wish I could have credited somebody this quote, but I don't know where I saw it and where I read it. But moms are expected to work as if they have no kids and raise kids as if they don't work. That's the expectation. Oh, that is the truth. Right. So if we're going to step in and be competitive to men, we've got to take on how they show up in the workplace. Right. Which many of them are, you know, they are, they're not taking maternity leave. They're not, um, walking in the office with the physical toll of caring life, right? And they're usually not the primary parent, usually, um, in regards to the care of children, right? But if women are still going to be leaders, then we carry that fully and, and we compete with a male who doesn't, right? And this is our culture. And so when you're talking about rest in regards to biblical disciplines, spiritual disciplines, you we already know that we've got to come at it counterculturally. We've got to understand that there's something Jesus is trying to direct us to that is absolutely counter what culture says, this is how you get to, to, from point A to point B. So we've got to put that down, which takes faith in a culture that rewards busy and over in high function. Mm. Right. So that's the number one thing, picking up kingdom citizenship and putting down earthly citizenship when it comes to rest. Mm. And so if we're going to do that, we've got to understand what rest really is scripturally, spiritually, because it's no longer, well, this is what I should do. No, now we are leaning into our faith and saying there's something for me. When I Sabbath, there's something for me when I take on the the speed and the productivity that God is asking of me, no matter what it looks like culturally. And that's a that's a retraining of the mind. But that's that's the whole faith walk. I mean, we're just talking about one area. I mean, we can go into our marriage. We can go into managing finances. We can go into so many, you know, raising children. Everything is countercultural. Every single thing. 
And if we are trusting this Bible, then we have to understand, even like the work that I do in social equity, which is, first of all, it's a heavy lift. Let me just, let me just say, Mm -hmm. I don't think I understood what this meant (laughs) um, when I started doing it and then started speaking aloud and letting other people judge the the words that are coming out of my mouth. But social equity, you know, I'm, if I can read something from, um, the leading voices in social justice and equity, I still have to hold that to the, the equity that the Bible describes. It's real. <laughs> and they don't always align. There are things that um, the Bible describes as freedom that culturally speaking will look like enslavement. Mm. Mm. And so I've got to understand the countercultural approach to what my true freedom as a black woman in this country actually looks like. If I, if I'm aligning with westernized culture, then I'm going to constantly be after the freedoms expressed in our constitution. I'm going to, I'm going to hold that as the highest authority, right? But there is a higher one Mm. that trumps the constitution every single time. And even if, Men never afford me the constitutional freedom that I as a human should be able to walk in. There is a freedom that I have been given and an equity that I have been given in the kingdom civilization. And so what am I really after? Mm -hmm. Am I after the accolades and the approval and the acceptance of my cultural surroundings or am I after what God has for me in kingdom citizenship? And when you, when you decide that I want this more, and this is, this is my Bible, when I want this more than what culture could ever give me, then we put rest in its proper place. Mm. We stop saying I can't rest because I have children. We stop saying I can't rest because uh, my husband's not helping. We can't say I can't rest because I'm a single mom. We can, we stop. We got to put those things down now because that's okay. Well, if rest is for us, then the it isn't that you can't do it. It's now we got to get Jesus's heart around the way rest shows up in our lives, which many times most times requires some sort of restraint on our end. (laughs) Many times the permissions are accompanied with restraint, right? You have permissions and freedoms in Christ, but you also have restraint. And we're not very good at the restraint part, part of which because we live in a country that tells us that we have these freedoms that we ought to be able to fill in the blank, whatever that is. My gosh. Deanna Mason, (laughs) you just said a whole mouthful. I'm over here like, I don't want to look like I'm not paying attention, but I'm literally over here like, what did she just say? Hold on. First of all, when you compared this all to kingdom citizenship, it's a matter of kingdom citizenship. When we're talking about rest, it's not like, oh, I'm just making a choice. No, this is a matter of kingdom citizenship. And it reminded me of Romans 12 too, where it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind and blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on. And oftentimes we think of that only in terms of sin. Like we're like, oh, well, did I kill somebody? Did I commit adultery? But we're not thinking of it as do not conform to the patterns of burnout of this world. Do not conform to the patterns of you know, overworking and, 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 and the funny, interesting thing is that some of the most burnt out people are in ministry. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and the scriptures are saying, don't conform to the patterns of this world. And you just literally laid it out that God's pattern of rest works differently than the world. And I want to get back to that part, but I also want to loop back to what you said at the end, when you started talking about restraint and freedom. So yeah. We're about to go into a study on James, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, and we're talking about the spiritual discipline of self-control. And generally, when people hear the term self-control, they do not think freedom. They think limiting my freedom. But as I was studying this out, I realized that we are actually 
bound to our emotions and we're often bound to cultural expectations and we are calling it freedom. So it's like, oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And I, you know, I'm going to go and do it. And, and you will feel, you'll, you'll know that you need to take a break and you know that you need to rest, but you're like, no, 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 I can do this. I am awesome. I'm great. I'm wonderful. And you go and you push forward and you trudge forward and things like that, because uh, maybe you're looking for some type of affirmation. Maybe you're looking for some type of somebody to say, good job. Maybe this is how you get your identity, which is a big thing for me, which mm -hmm. is like, Work and identity is so intertangled. Um, and, and we don't even realize that all the things we call freedoms are actually bondage. It's actually enslavement. Which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then the concept of restraint is actually giving me my choice back. It's actually giving me my freedom back to say, no. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, you know, my mind and my emotions might be saying, but this is how you get your identity. And this is how you get your validation. You have to do it. And I can say, no. Yeah. Jesus gave me my no back. Yeah. Right? He gave me my boundaries. Back. Yeah. And it looks like because of the way, like you said, the world works, it looks like slavery. So my question to you is for the mom who's struggling with running after work for identity um, running after work for validation, like it's a really thick and tangled. I know it from personal experience. Mm -hmm. Like I remember coming home and I went through a whole identity crisis when I wasn't working a nine to five job. I came home thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And I went through a whole year of who am I? I don't even know who yeah. I am. I'm not contributing to my family. I'm not this. I'm not that. And so I, I want to know from you, like for the mom and for the women who are literally bound in work. Yeah. How do they begin to start getting free? <laughs> I'm part of that group. Okay. <laughs> so I am a very, I am very um, productivity orientated. I'm very performance orientated for years. That's where I got validation by being um, verbally rewarded by my work being recognized. Okay. So I am that woman. So just know that I'm speaking to you from my own personal journey. And I still, I still deal with it. It's not like I don't deal with it, but maybe that's where you start recognizing that you are going after um, approval mm -hmm. from the wrong sources. It is a beautiful thing to live in the restraint of motherhood. Mm. Whoa. Okay. Okay. That is something beautiful. But we bought into the lie that that is a less than position. Mm. That's a lie. We've been giving the given the gift of having children and raising children as mothers. And to despise that season is literally, you know, can you imagine saying that to Jesus and saying that to God? Like, how dare you restrain me mm. by having to be the one that physically bears the child, having to be the one to nourish that child once that child gets here, and, you know, being the nurturer, which is a gift that we've been given as mothers. It's a gift. It's not a, it's not a prison sentence. And so when we embrace the restraint that motherhood gives us, forces us, and honor that season as something holy, it takes on a different position. Mm. Um, something that um, Emily Manginelli, she's actually um, speaking on this for the mini sabbatical that I have coming up. Um, and she walks this out so beautifully. She's um, a pastor and she has four children. Her oldest is 12 and her youngest, I believe is five. And the power that she walks in knowing that God sees her, even though we may not see her mm. in the pulpit or we may not see her in the forefront. She's like, that's okay. Cause God sees me. 
And my husband, who is also lead pastor, you know, he's not doing this without me. Wherever he goes, I go. Wherever I go, he goes. As far as spiritually, as far as, you know, what the what the mission is. But I'm honoring this season of motherhood, which means that I'm not as in the forefront. I'm not as. Something changed in me when I took that word suitable helper out of westernized definition and honored it as a, what God called me. Our culture, and not just Western culture, has a demeaning um, idea of helper. But when God called me suitable helper, that's not what he meant. He didn't mean the way we define it here in America. You know, the person that's cleaning up after people, the person that comes behind somebody and somebody is, is not as important as the lead person. No, a helper the suitable help that he's talking about, first of all, has the exact same equity as the male, first of all. Second of all, if the only other person that is referred to as suitable help is the Holy Spirit. And third of all, if you do look at where how that word is used in the Bible, it's used as help in war, in battle. And this is who he has called the woman. This is who we are, the wife. Okay, which is completely different than the way we, you know, we refer to help as the woman or the team that comes in to cleans our house. Oh, I have help. I have help. I have help with the kids. I have help. That's how we define help. And God is like, I didn't, I didn't diminish the definition of help. Your, your culture did. I know what I meant when I said suitable help. And so Starting there with not despising the gift of the restraint of motherhood and allowing yourself to embrace it fully as something completely and utterly holy. That's a great place to start. Now, um, uh, moms like me still have things that we feel like God is asking us to do alongside our motherhood. And so how do we switch off from needing the validation from what productivity gives us, the accolades that productivity gives us. Um, I think it's in the same vein. I think we have to learn that the work that we're doing is unto the Lord and not unto men. Mm -hmm. And so that takes a training of the mind that does take that. It's like if nobody if I didn't make one thing, you're talking to entrepreneurship, if I didn't make $1 or no one saw anything that I was doing, did I obey God in my work? Mm -hmm. Switching that over. Um, I know that's difficult. I know that's hard. Um, my income impacts whether or not my children have access to certain things. My income impacts where we live in the safety of neighborhoods. You know, I understand that, well, if nobody sees me, then how do I get paid? Mm. Right? And I, I have to switch over. What, this is what is so amazing about this. Is You know, first of all, I got to trust I got to trust God in my work. I just have to learn that I'm going to obey God and do the work that he's called me to do. I'm going to do it the way he's asked me to do it. I can learn all the things. You know, there's things that I love about my work. I love learning about marketing. I love playing around with marketing. Those are just things that are part of what makes me who I am as Deanna. It, there are things that um, make me who I am in my career. I've loved it for years, right? But whenever my attempts to scale marketing trump my obedience, we're in trouble. Mm. You know, if I'm doing things um, for the sake of that, that performance orientation, instead of doing it out of obedience to what God has asked me, then we have a problem. And this show itself, this was, it's, it's actually funny. It's funny because I recorded a podcast episode um, a few weeks back with um, a beautiful woman who is also a um, business mentor. And in that episode, I specifically said, I am not taking private clients 
I'm trying to focus on these other elements of my work. I'm trying to um, spend time, you know, um, birthing this stuff that I, I have in my heart around rest and Sabbath. I'm not taking private clients. I'm not. Someone reached out to me and said, I know you said you're not taking private clients. <laughs> And I, I literally said, go contact this other woman. She is taking clients. I just really feel like I'm supposed to be working with you. I'm not a religious person, but there's just something about you. That's what got me. It was like, <laughs> that became a God assignment at that point for me. It was like, oh, okay, well, shoot. She may think she's coming to me for some support in one area. And I'm like, I'm open, like, God, how do you want me to serve this woman who has a, an obvious hunger for what she sees in me in my relationship with you? Mm. It's just obvious. And it was like, and but that was still a significant um income source that I did not, I literally said, don't contact me. <laughs> and that just shows. How we don't have to be, um, as long as we are being obedient. And and I said that out of obedience. I'm going to work on this rest stuff. I am not taking business consulting. That was out of my obedience to what I believe God was asking me to do. And he still provided a significant income for my home. Mm. That one person who didn't care that I said, don't contact me. <laughs> the problem is that we think God is not working when we're not. Mm. I think that we feel like if we put stuff down or if we, if we lay stuff down, God is not going to provide. Mm. And he's like, I just need you to be responsible for the part I'm asking of you. And you've got to trust me with the rest. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate income. I don't want people to think, well, that means he's going to bless me financially. No, it, it, but it does mean he's going to care for you. It does mean you're going to be provided for. It does mean he's taking care of the stuff that you, you have zero control over. Mm-hmm. That's but just being responsible for your obedience. And if you focus on the things that he is asking of you, the the natural progression is towards a more restful existence. Mm-hmm. The natural progression is things are going to fall off that don't need to be there. And you're going to make more room for the things that are supposed to be there. There's a such thing as good busy. I heard this um, out of a book that I love called um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful book. I've listened to it twice on Audible. And it's like, I need to go get the hard copy because I need to like write in it. It's so good. And um, he talks about this concept of, a, of good busy. What is good busy? Good busy is being busy around the things that God has actually asked you to be busy doing. That's good busy. When you're doing, when you're busy doing good busy, exhaustion is not part of the formula. Hmm doesn't mean you're not going to need to um, rest. You will. Jesus shows us that. He got tired. He needed to step away. He honored the Sabbath. That's a whole nother conversation. Talk about Sabbath. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? You were talking about good busy. You were busy. (laughs) <laughs> if we're if our time is being spent around good busy, the not good busy should just naturally deprioritize itself. Yeah. Right? Um, sometimes good busy is um making room for a need of your children. Sometimes good busy is um preparing for um teaching. Uh, you know, a message at church or whatever those things are. Sometimes good busy is um, having a date night with your spouse, right? Mm -hmm. If we're busy around the good things, the things that are not for us in this season should automatically deprioritize and fall off. Mm -hmm. Do less of the not good busy and do more of the good busy. Yeah, that's good. And allow that gift of 
high productivity to flourish in the good busy. God made me high a high high productivity person. I can get a lot done in two hours. That's just how he has made me. But because I can get a lot done in two hours, maybe that translates, well, Deanna, you only need a four-hour workday instead of an eight-hour workday. Which crosses over to this whole concept of non-paid work hours, which I feel like is a whole nother podcast podcast episode, but something that as mothers, let me just drop this in real quick. We have um, what my friend Lisa Bush calls unpaid work hours. Unpaid work hours are the the type of work that we do around managing the home or, you know, whatever those things are, taking our children to the doctor, to the dentist, grocery shopping, um, chores, cooking, you know, whatever those things are, are unpaid work hours. Scientifically speaking, our productivity drops off after 50 hours of work in a week. This is not Deanna's statistic. This is science statistic, all right? That basically equates to a six-day work week, right? Mm -hmm. Which naturally makes room for that Sabbath on the 7th, all right? Mm-hmm. Come on. But when we're talking about this, so if our productivity is dropping after 50 hours of work, let's listen. And we're talking about the concept of paid versus unpaid work hours. When you have a woman that actually goes to the office or goes somewhere or she reports to work from nine, you know, for eight hours, and then she comes home and she's bathing the kids and doing, you know, making dinner and all those things. There's, let's say she has another three to four hours of unpaid work waiting for her. We're literally talking about a 12-hour work week, not even including commute, if anybody is commuting these days in this pandemic season, but not even including commute, right? So guess where her productivity is about to drop around Wednesday or Thursday? If we know this about ourselves, now we're able to be proactive in decreasing work hours, whether they're the ones in the day or the ones, the un, the paid or the unpaid, because you automatically know that I have a drop off after 50. Okay. Which now gives me, these now become now conversations at home. If you have a partner, now you're like, okay, look, when I get home, I have these five things to do. So maybe this isn't the season for you to be take, going to play, you know, softball with the boys. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, you need to um, pick up dinner twice a week or maybe you need to cook dinner twice a week. Or maybe we need to talk about allocating funds for chores because after 50 hours, I'm going to be ready for a Sabbath. And I, what I don't want to do is spend my Sabbath cleaning this dang old house. <laughs> Right. And so but that's where those conversations start. When you understand my productivities are going to fall off regardless if I want to keep working, I'm not going to be productive. Yeah, We weren't even designed to be productive. <laughs> Seven days a week. Real talk. Anyway, oh, man. I don't this even know how we got on that, but there you go. No, no, this is good. We got on that because we're talking about women breaking free from the bondage that kind of society kind of places. And I think bringing it to like real reality of what is really going on, what is really happening in our society, in our life, in our world. And you said a couple, like I'm over here writing with my blue pen, like all over my paper. And you said this concept of the gift of restraint. First of all, that hit my heart when you said that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you talked about Jesus honored the Sabbath and when you talked, like there was so many things and it made me think of something that Paul said. And Paul talked about this concept of godliness training. And when I read that for the first time, it hit me because I realized that God is not really as concerned about our accomplishments Mm -hmm. and all the things we can do. He's concerned with our godliness. Why? Because we were created in God's image. So we can see throughout scripture that God is bringing us back to our original design, his original intent. So everything that we walk through is a is godliness training. James yeah. talks about this concept. Like everything we walk through is godliness training. So when we think about seasons that we're in, seasons of restraint, when you said that, it hit me because I'm like, 
oh my goodness, the season of restraint, whether it's motherhood, whether it's being single, there's restraint in every season. Yeah. Every season yeah. has some type of restraint. So I, I realized that this restraint actually produces godliness. Yeah. Think about Jesus, how much restraint he had to enact knowing that he was there to save the world, but couldn't save the world right now. Like he literally came from heaven to earth to be amongst the children of Israel. But there was a whole bunch of other nations that he knew his work was going to impact, but he didn't go try to do it right then. Like he, there was a level of restraint and also a level of trust because who took the gospel to the other nations? Not him. Yeah. His disciples did it. So there was a level of trust for the disciples to do the work that he knew needed to be done, but it wasn't his to do. Yeah. And the same thing with King David. He had a desire to build the temple. And God said, nah, bruh, like you got too much blood on your hands. You're a warrior. This isn't for you. So his son had to do it. So there was a level of restraint that every season I walk through just because I want to do something doesn't mean it's for right now. And I think that that is, and in that restraint is a freedom to not chase the awards and to not chase the accolades and to not chase the identity. There's a freedom in the restraint. And through the restraint, we see it in Jesus's life. Through the restraint, God is shaping us to be more like him. Yeah. I mean, if God went around doing everything he felt to do all the time, we would be wiped off the earth five, 20 times over. Like we, 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 we get all messed up about Noah's Ark. Like, could you imagine being the God of heaven and earth, looking at humanity and being like, this ain't what I do over. Erase. You know, I look at when you said that, I was like, oh, my goodness. So this concept of rest is not just about something I deserve. First of all, that's not it at all. It's not about what society makes it out to be. You know, this concept, I can sleep when I'm dead, like run hard now. That's a lie that keeps you enslaved. I'm reading this book right now, and it's called Your Work Won't Love You. And it's a good book for me to read. I don't know if everybody need to read it because she kind of goes hard, but it's a good book for me to read because it makes me realize that you put it, your whole identity into something that will not love you back, has no capacity to love you back. And she talked about how this concept of love-based work was actually manufactured um, and why it was manufactured because they realized that lo human love is such a strong tool that if you can use human love in the workplace, you can get people devoted to their jobs and wrapped up in identity with something that never was really meant to be loved. Um, and it was actually, it's actually a tool of enslavement to manipulate your love and turn it into your love for this job, your love for this work. And so what I'm realizing, the more and more I spend time with God in these conversations, I'm realizing, oh my goodness, God is not saying, you know, stop, rest, because I said so. He's saying, hey, I know who I made you, and restraint is an important element of your design. And rest is like one of the ultimate practices of restraint. Yeah. And one of my friends that... um observes a, a Saturday Sabbath. She said that when you observe Sabbath, your entire week changes. Yep. Like she's yep. like, you can't just jump into a day of rest without slowing down the rest of your life. And so I realized that we may have these dreams and these visions and they're all great. And that's the thing. They're all good. They're all wonderful. But restraint is a part of godliness training. And I needed to hear that. I know I'm probably like beating a dead horse at this point, which I hate that term. Like, I don't even know why I just said that. Like, I get this picture. I would of like horse. to research where it came from. Oh, gosh. I probably should stop using it. It just doesn't sit well. <laughs> so I don't even know why I said why it. Why is the horse <laughs> dead and why are we beating it? Why are we still? I would like dead? to research that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, gosh. But like the concept of restraint and godliness going hand in hand and the concept of this go, go, go mentality and slavery being connected. And so recognizing that that restraint that you talked about does mean 
that I'm not going to be able to do all the things. And I think that that is huge for women like me to hear because I have a lot of really good ideas. Mm -hmm. At least I feel like they're good. And I would do them all right now. And I, and, and I realized that when I do that, I'm not giving myself the opportunity to practice restraint. Yeah. And my husband always says, Dominique, just write it down. Just write the idea down. And I'm like, I got to do it now. If I don't do it now, it will never get done. And it's like, well, maybe it's not yours to do. Maybe it's for you to pray for. Maybe it's for somebody else to do. You don't never know. But if the season isn't aligned to that good work, then that good work is going to eventually become slavery. <laughs> and so it's kind of like paying attention to this season. Okay. Now I know we got to go. I have one more question. And then I want to hear about all the things and all the ways that we can connect with you because y'all, if you hear live, you know, you want to connect with Deanna. If you hear on a replay, you know, you want to connect with Deanna. So I'm going to get y'all all the stuff. She's doing some amazing, amazing work. Um, my question to you is for the woman Woman is me. Okay. <laughs> For the woman who um, has no rest practices in her life, yeah. none. What is one entry point, one way that she can start practicing rest? Yeah. You know, I've created an entry point because I get this question all the time. And so I have a free mini course called Make a Rest Plan that I would like to invite the women listening here, if they have that question, to start there. It is a um, very short video course, 30 minutes tops. You'll get through it all is um, seven different videos that takes you through the seven types of way we rest. And what I'm hoping is going to help you do, there's two things I'm hoping is going to help you do. Number one, have a better understanding of what rest is and what's happening when you rest. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is I'm hoping it's going to um, help you understand where some of your deficits are in order for you to become intentional around getting the rest that you need. Okay. So make a rest plan, deannamason.com forward slash make a rest plan is where you can grab it. But that's probably, and not even just that course, but just start doing, and I, oh, something else that's in that course is a um, 30-day scripture writing plan on rest. If you just start there, and like, you don't even need my scripture writing plan to do it. If you go on my website and look at my scripture writing plans, you'll find one on rest. You can find it there as well. But starting with scripture and understanding what God thinks and says about rest, that is a wonderful way to start. You don't need me to tell you that you need a Sabbath rest plan, which I do believe you do, but you don't need me to say that. It's not going to do any good if you're going to believe my words. I want you to believe what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and let him guide you because I do understand what it feels like when your life doesn't look like it's conducive to making room for rest, especially when we're talking about a 24-hour period of time in regards to Sabbath. That is a very um, out-of-reach feeling for many mothers. It just is. So don't even try to bite that off. Let's just start with understanding scripture because I think you obey scripture and God in an effort to align your life with what scripture is saying a lot easier than what me and Dominique are saying. All right. So I invite you to um, that. You can either go to my website and find the scripture writing plan on rest or just get the course. It's going to give you a little bit more deep dive. There's a um, rest needs quiz that you can take in the course that um, was going to show you where your deficits are. And once you take that quiz, those are the videos that I'll invite you to watch first. It's going to tell you the areas that your deficits are the greatest, and then just go watch those videos around those areas first, um, because that's that's what you're needing to focus on. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to start. Just start. You don't have to. You don't have to commit to a 24-hour Sabbath practice. 
right now. I'm hoping one day that's a reality for you if it's not. But just commit to understanding what scripture is saying about rest and then let God guide you to your next step. Amen. This conversation has been so amazing. I see some of my friends here live in the chat. Um, Shanda says God is calling her into leadership and she's in a pruning process and he's working something out of her. And so we're really, I'm excited that Shanda's here. I'm excited that other women in leadership are here listening to this. Even if you're at the beginning of your journey, praise the Lord, (laughs) you know, you're listening to this now. Um, I see Janice, she said, this is a great perspective and a great conversation. And I agree as well. This is a wonderful perspective and conversation. And I'm glad, Deanna, that you mentioned making a plan. And again, we're going into this concept of self self um, self control as a discipline. And one of the things that that the the devotional is going to talk about is how the start of self control is making a decision, deciding. And then the next one is making a plan. You know. And so, like what you said, you know, rest does require a level of self control, a level of restraint, and therefore it requires making a plan. And we don't think that's sexy. Like we don't think planning is sexy. But let me tell you, it is. It'll change your life. Yeah. So I'm so excited. And I see Brandy says, what's the website? I'm going to link it in the description box. But if you could quickly let us know, what is your website and how can they get access to this? But I also will link all the links. So y'all. Okay. Know. Yeah. It's DeannaMason.com forward slash make a rest plan. Mm, Deanna, spell your name because, you know. D-E-A-N-N-A. <laughs> M-A-S-O-N dot com forward slash make a rest plan. Awesome. And I will also link if you're listening to it right now and you're like, oh, but I want to hear the end of the episode. I'll also link all of the links in the description box and the the show notes. Um, And if you are in the Faith Mama's Tribe app, I will put it in the app um, so that you can make sure that you um, get access to that because y'all, we need a plan. We need a plan. We can't just go and hear these great teachings by amazing people like Deanna and be like, woohoo. And then, you know, two weeks later, we're like, oh no, I'm still tired. Like (laughs) (laughs) we've got to do, we've got to make a plan. We've got to, and God has given us this amazing ability to actually shape our lives through our own self-control. I find it so amazing that one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. While we're so busy trying to control everybody else, um, God said, control yourself um, and change your life. So let us do that. And let us go ahead over there to deannamason.com forward slash make a rest plan so that we can make a rest plan. Okay. Deanna, you also have an amazing event coming up that I'm actually excited to be speaking at. <laughs> woot, woot. But let us know a little bit about that event and then and all the other things, whatever other things, how we can follow you on social media, how we can, all the things. Um, sure. And then we'll go ahead and pray out. But yeah, this has been awesome. Sure. So just really quickly, uh, one of the ways that I help mom leaders rest is by um, forecasting and prioritizing deeper dives into Sabbath rest. Um, I'm, I'm a proponent, a proponent, I'm a supporter of mothers taking advantage of the 15 minutes here and the 10 minutes there throughout your day. I know that's what it looks like. The shower was my altar when my children were in diapers. It really was. It was like, I had prayers laminated all over the tiles. And that's just, I, you know, for the love I asked my husband, just don't let anybody enter this bathroom while I'm in the shower because that's where I connected with God when my children were little and potty training. And um, that was that's the season that I was in in my nurturing of my faith. But even when we're in that season, we need opportunities for deeper dives and deeper communion with the father. And when you're a mom that as also have leadership roles in multiple areas, even more so do we need time to step away. So I have created containers to prioritize um, sabbaticals or what I call mini sabbaticals because a sabbatical is uh, traditionally speaking a 30 day or more period of time where you can step away from work um, in order to worship and uh, rest and explore other interests. But most of us don't have the capacity to step away for 30 days. So mini sabbaticals is my solution, which is a three night step away from work and kids in order to um, connect with God and renew yourself spiritually. I call it a virtual destination experience. Um, 
you choose wherever you want to go to mini sabbatical. It can be at an Airbnb. It can be at a family home that has no children <laughs> in an empty room if it needs to be. It could be, you know, hop on a plane and go to a beach somewhere, you know, mountains. It doesn't matter. You choose where you want to enjoy a sabbatical experience. And I will provide all the virtual spiritual rest elements for you to plug in and enjoy while you are there. And even with that, you don't even have to show up to every session. You choose the sessions that you want to show up to. Um, you sh- um, we have restor- restorative workshops for you to take advantage of, which includes holy yoga, cookie decorating classes, um, praying in color sessions, which I, I absolutely love. Um, there's different, uh, there's other ways for you to plug in to enjoying um, spiritual rest and renewal. And you curate it. We just make sure it's there for you. You um, register for the sessions you want to be a part of and the ones that you don't, you'll get the replays at all. You can watch them later. <laughs> Do another one on your own and, and, and watch them um, um, on your own. But anyway, I am offering my very first one, October 15th through the 18th. Dominique is one of our spiritual rest speakers. <laughs> Her session is called Mom, I'm doing the best I can. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear her session, but um, she has a link for you. I want to redirect you to her affiliate link if you want to register for that. But other than that, you know, that's how, that's what I got going on. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited to be able to offer that. I think it's needed and necessary and I'm going to shut up talking now. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm excited about it. Um, and I can't wait. And so I'm going to make sure that the link is here for you in the show notes in the description box. And if you are in the app, you can go ahead and click the events tab in the app and you will see that event. You can register for it there as well. Um, and yeah, so I'm really pumped about it and I can't wait. And it's going to be an amazing time. And I think that as moms, as women in general, whether you're a mom, whether you are uh, single, whether you're a grandma, whatever, everybody, I feel like everybody needs to take these mini sabbaticals throughout our year. We Do you have the um, coupon code? Did I give that to you? Maybe um, not. Well, let me share it with you here. So anybody that goes through Dominique's link, you can take advantage of my $100 off code. So it's just 100 OFF at checkout. Awesome. 100 OFF. Ooh, we just got a $100 off coupon. Hold up. Hold up. up. (laughs) So, okay. Awesome. So you guys, I'll put that also in the the show notes just in case you forget. Um, But I'm excited about it and I can't wait. And y'all, this has been amazing. I pray that you all take advantage of this plan that Deanna has laid out and go and make a rest plan for real. I'm going to be making a rest plan. Um, Also, because when you said it, I automatically was like, Oh, I need to make a rest plan. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, rest plan. Um, so this is awesome. And I'm so excited that you guys were here. Everybody that's here live, everybody that's watching the replay. Um, this has been awesome. It's been a while since we've been here together. So let me know if you guys enjoy these morning coffee chats. Um, and if you want to see some more, and if you have some topics that you want us to talk about, because like we say in the intro, no topic is off the table. So come on, we bring it on, bring it on. We have some pretty crazy topics that we want to talk about. And we want to also hear what you guys want to talk about. Um, And so let us know in the comments before we hop off. I want to go ahead and pray. Actually, Deanna, I'm going to ask you to pray. But before I do, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you, you, beautiful ladies in the comments. Um, Father, I, I just thank you for who you are in our lives and who you are um, to these women. I just ask for you to continue to guide their hearts, their desires just to be pleasing you, Father. They want you. They want more of you. They want their lives to align with um, your plan. And um, just take us all just one step closer to that. Um, enlighten our eyes of understanding, Father. And we we just trust that you're guiding us into your desires for us and for our families, for our work. I pray for Dominique. Oh, Father, bless her home, bless the work of her hands, and continue to use her and her leadership um, to draw people more and more to you. And we love you. And um, I pray for a restful Sunday for those of of you all that are watching today. And uh, we just give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. 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 We love you guys. We're so glad that you came to join us on this awesome conversation. 
I'm so grateful for Deanna taking time out of her morning to wake up and have a little coffee chat with us. <laughs> and if you are not already, uh, please join the Faith Mamas Tribe app and hang out with us. It's an awesome place to connect and grow. And you know what? Deanna's in there. So just tag her in a post. I might have to go and tell her you tagged her, but <laughs> she there though. She's there. So go ahead and tag her in a post. I am there. <laughs> so I encourage each and every one of you guys, if you are not already, like Janice says, Janice says it's a great place. I agree. It's one of my favorite social media outlets. So please join us on the Faith Media Faith Mamas Tribe app. And this little quick video is going to tell you why you should. We love you. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing Sunday. Bye. Bye. The Faith Mamas Tribe app is the number one social media app for Christian moms. Say hello to a social media app curated with encouraging content and filled with women desiring to connect with Christ and community. Find Bible study plans, a place for prayer requests, live prayer streams, encouraging posts, and much more. So if you're looking for a safe social media app to encourage you in your faith and connect you with other women of faith, then you want the Faith Mamas Tribe app. Download this free app today on your Apple or Android device. We can't wait to meet you.